1: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran, and this week on Pit Pass we have racer Cam Beaubier, Cameron Bobier, the flying flying man that he is. Pit Pass Moto is sponsored by Moto America, the very series that Cam Bobier races in. We had a wonderful start to our 2020 season at Road America some week and a half ago. And we will be returning to Road America with fans this time at the month's end, here at the end of the month of June. So if you uh, didn't catch any of those races, get out to the, any number of viewing options that Moto America provides for you. You can catch them uh, live, of course, online at Moto America Live Plus. There's also MotoAmerica.com. They're also on NBCSN. They're on MAV TV. There's recaps. There's so many ways that you can watch the races from our Moto America series and watch incredible racers like Cam Bobier, Josh Herron, Jake Gagne, Matthew Skoltz. The list goes on and on. All of them incredible racers and they are back doing what they know and love to do. That is racing. If you come out to the races, Moto America just builds an incredible event for you. The open race paddock—you can take your kids down. It's a very family and friendly environment. You'll get autographs from the riders. There's VIP seating. There's camping. It's—it's it's a lot of fun, and we encourage all of you listeners to come check out a race live. Moto America, fastest guys in North America on the fastest tracks in North America and the fastest bikes in North America. It's a combination you just cannot beat. So please come out and check out a race live. We'd love to see you there. I myself will be at a number of races along with other members of the pit pass staff. Tommy Boy Halverson, you can catch him. He's usually in the pits. He's kind of a go-to for a bunch of racers. So come check us out as well at the track. We look forward to it. Now, here's the latest news in the industry. As Dave and I discussed last week, we are supercrossing as well, and we've got a very accelerated schedule. We're going to have a total of 17 rounds this past week. Round 12 happened on Wednesday, round 13 happened uh, Sunday night. At round 12, Cooper Webb came out on top of Eli Tomac. They've been battling back and forth. Zach Osborne rounded out the podium there in the 450 class. In the 250 East class, you had uh, Shane McElrath at round 12. That was Wednesday night. He took the win in the 250 East. Then you had Nichols coming in second and Jeremy Martin. Jeremy Martin coming in third. They've got quite a race going on. That Wednesday night race, of course, they are changing the track after every uh, race they have there in Utah. They're staying in the same facility for Sunday nights, round three in the 450 mains. Eli Tomac comes out on top again over Cooper Webb and Jason Anderson rounded out the podium. That brings points in the 450 class right now. To Eli Tomak's favor. He is currently sitting on 301 with a 26 point advantage over Ken Roxon with Cooper Webb narrowly behind Roxon. Roxon sitting at 275 points, Cooper at 269. Again, that was round 13. We've got four to go 14, 15, 16, and 17. They'll be racing uh, for two more weeks, Wednesdays and Sundays. So catch any of those races live on your preferred website for watching supercross they are absolutely getting it it's anybody's race still 26 point advantage to eli but anything can happen as we know in supercross so don't be surprised if uh, roxon or Webb give him another shot across the bow in that 250 east class at round 13 we had chase sexton come out on top with shane macklerath coming second and again colt nichols rounding out the podium that brings their season battle to an absolute head with four rounds to go. Chase Sexton currently sitting in the lead on 166 points, but Shane McElrath is on his tailpipe at 163, only three points back. Dylan Ferandis sitting at 135. I wouldn't say it's over for him, but it looks like a battle between Chase and Shane. We hope they both stay healthy and are ready to race through the remaining four rounds. Can't wait to watch it. They are really duking it out. And we really hope that you watch some of that along with us. It's going to be an exciting end of the season, and as we all wait for the news about the upcoming outdoor season, we're waiting to hear from the organizing bodies exactly what's going to happen there. It sure looks like they're going to get a season going, and we can't wait to find out. This week's pit pass trivia question is: Our sponsor, remember, Moto America features five classes of road racing. Can you name all five classes? I know I can. We'll give you that answer after uh, we talk to Cam Beaubier. Welcome to Pit Pass Today, reigning Moto America Superbike Champion, 2019 Superbike Champ, Cameron Beaubier. Welcome to the show, Cam. Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on. What's going on?
1: I am personally loving the fact that we've gone back racing. It really, for a time there, felt like we might never see another race, and so it was <laughs> spectacular to see you and your uh, buddies all going at it hammer and tongs up in wisconsin can't wait for the next one you clearly congratulations did the double odd occurrence that weekend i'm sure you realized that every single class the winner was a double winner
0: i didn't even realize that yeah yeah i'm, I'm right there with you though it's <laughs> so uh, so nice to be back racing be at the back of the track with with my guys we rode a week before road america just to kind of shake the cobwebs off at Buttonwillow, just to test a couple things and and ride a little bit to get ready for road america yeah it went great man but it was weird there for a while like we were we were so ready to go racing around the barber test in march and yeah then all the corona COVID stuff hit and then i hadn't ridden in two and a half months before before Road America and so luckily we got out to Buttonwillow Road a little bit shook, shook everything down and then I mean Road America couldn't have gone better it was uh it was pretty pretty amazing really it was it was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was a spectacular event for you. One, two. I've never seen weather so good and of course it happened because I wasn't there sl- sleeping at the track. So not one drop of rain, nobody looking at their breath at the grid, things that we've come to expect from Road America, right? And they it just looked perfect.
0: It was, it was like, yeah, like you said, you can't get better conditions than, than what we had, you know, it was 60, 70 degrees and sunny. And normally like you're, you're biting your fingertips, like trying to, like hopefully hope, hoping it doesn't rain. Cause that tracks a little, uh, it's a little hairy in the rain you know just with some old like the old surface there it's pretty slick and stuff like that but yeah it was uh it was awesome it was weird being there too with no fans or anything like that at the same time it, it was kind of cool because it just took the pressure off everything and it was like it was almost just like we were at, it was a big test you know and we were doing like a race simulation it was it was weird it was just so cool to be back racing and Be back with all the Yamaha guys, uh, Yamaha Attack guys, everyone in Moto America, some of my friends and stuff is good.
1: Clearly, you've got the the, uh, Lions' share of points. You've got a commanding lead at this very moment, and one could argue uh, there's a bunch of fast guys behind you. We all know this, Skoltz, Gagne, Heron, and more. To say nothing of Tony Elias, who had an uncharacteristically horrible day for him. I mean, that doesn't happen where, you know, he has two unfortunate uh, DNFs. No one wishes this on, I know you don't, uh, you know, you want to race against the best guys, and Elias certainly is one of them, as the others I've mentioned. But that was weird, you know. It's just a weird start to the season.
0: Yeah, it was kind of uncharacteristic yeah start to the season for me too because normally i'm i don't know like just looking at my track record the last few seasons four seasons or so like i've had a pretty bad start to the season and then i'm trying to claw back points the rest of the the rest of the year and so yeah to come out of there with two wins like i was just like so just happy and relieved and obviously i mean i mean i'm feeling really good on my bike and my bike yeah my bike feels good crew's working awesome every everything's going going good and so i don't want to get too excited i just want to keep the ball rolling you know it was pretty crazy you know having uh tony's come out swinging the f- past few years and just as soon as he got over here really like he i remember he won the first two rounds at coda did it the next year same thing it is kind of nice to to start out off on the front foot and we're going back there, but the thing is, too, like, those guys started getting faster and faster throughout the whole weekend, so we'll see how it goes next round there, but uh, like I said, man, my my attack, Yamaha, is working so good right now. It's it's pretty... I mean, I remember last year when they went from, from a factory team to attack and Yamaha partnering, like, everyone was a little worried about it, but I honestly think it was a blessing in disguise. My bike, like just, just the knowledge that Richard has built up like throughout the years with attack and then all the knowledge that Yamaha has, they pieced everything together. And it's, it's really like the best of both worlds right now. So yeah, I'm enjoying it.
1: Richard Stamboli, you referred to the, the owner of attack racing, you can't find a more knowledgeable or passionate about racing uh, a guy in the paddock. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of them. There's a lot of guys like him, but he is certainly one of them. You just, you can't find someone more enthusiastic than him. So it's gotta be awesome working with around for him. I can only imagine. And you were talking about your previous years when you maybe didn't come out of the gate so fast as you did this past weekend, Uh, last year being one of them, you, you had to fight for last year's title. I mean, it was a long road there. You had a pretty significant points deficit mid-season, one would say, against a really strong Tony Elias, and you battled all the way to the end and came out on top. So you like your odds with a lead, or do you think you, you've done better because you're chasing?
0: Yeah, like I said, it's just, I mean, I feel really good, and everything went really good at the first round. But, I mean, anything can change at, a, you know, split second. I just. uh I just want to just keep it rolling and not get too excited and not get too confident. Just go race by race. You know, I feel like I do the best when I, when I just think short term, just think about making, making the most out of each weekend and see where you're stacked up at the end and then start worrying about it at the end. But it's too way to really to start thinking championship right now. I'm just going to keep my head down keep doing what I'm doing and hopefully everything falls into place. But yeah, you're on four titles, so you've got uh,
1: you're in rarefied air, my friend. Uh, there's only uh, one guy with more than you,
0: right? That yeah, is pretty weird to think about, to be honest. It's a pretty big gap, but <laughs> a few years ago, I would I'd be scratching my head at uh, what we what we've been able to accomplish with Yamaha and stuff. it's it's, a, it's pretty cool. That's for sure.
1: You'd mentioned Garrett Gerloff, your former teammate. You guys pushing each other to to new uh, new heights as far as performance goes, and it was it was clear that was happening. Some of the best battles we saw last year were you versus your teammate, oftentimes. So, I mean, are you missing that guy, uh, or is it just another another year of work?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's just another. I mean, same goal, just kind of different different like new chapter type of thing but definitely like like i was saying i kind of slowed down there a little bit mid-season like just a couple little things we were struggling with and i lost a little confidence and and then garrett started coming on pretty strong he won won that race at laguna and it kind of unlocked him and uh he got a couple more race race wins throughout the season i mean it was tough but at the same time like it kind of kicked my butt into gear and we started just winning me and him it was like we started winning races it was either him or, or me throughout the rest of the season and and going into barber like i had when i crashed at sonoma the first race i was like man like i pretty much kissed this championship or any kind of hope of this championship goodbye then the next day I just went out and, and rode free and I, I won the race and I just rode free. I felt really good on my bike and it just like kind of it was kind of a good reset for me. And then I came in and I realized Tony like he didn't finish the race and I was like, huh. There's still a second chance at it type of thing. Then we started rolling throughout the rest of the season. We get to barber and all of a sudden, like there's a chance, but it's a pretty slim chance. It's like I had to win both races and Tony had to finish like third or fourth or worst, to be honest. Like I, I was like, man, like the last couple of years, barber has been a pretty, not a tough track for us, but like the Suzuki's were pretty damn good there. And Tony's always been really good there. I think he won. Like it was like three out of the four last races there. And I was like, man, it's going to, going to be a tough weekend, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. And, uh, he was just a little off the pace all weekend and, and struggled a little bit. And like, the Yamaha was working so good there and Garrett and I were we were riding riding really good and uh it just worked out it as it was pretty crazy how how it all worked out but
1: well looking back that'll be one I'm sure will be one of your favorite years to remember but you are a young man and you have a lot more racing ahead of you including this season and I find it interesting that you're mentioning even at the highest level uh, you know I'm just a have previously been a club racer still do a fair number of track days but i have favorite tracks and it i guess it shouldn't surprise me that racers do too you know ones that you feel at least in your mind uh favor you But then it seems like half the time a guy will, when he wins at a track, will say, "This is not my favorite place," and I feel really lucky to get out of here with, you know, whatever I got, be it a win or something. Same in Supercross. You hear the same stuff, like guys say, "I've never liked coming here," and I won. Yay me, because it's not my favorite place.
0: That's kind of how I feel about Sonoma. It's uh, (laughs) it's kind of a sketchy track. It's uh, bumpy and but there is a little hidden flow there it's it's pretty cool but for some reason that track just clicks with me but it's definitely not my favorite track that's for sure
1: <laughs> and and you, so you have to you have to go there and you have to start liking it because you're getting results there which you know I can't argue with results right that's the end of the day that's all exactly. any racer cares about exactly exactly what do you got planned for the rest of the season i mean are you guys anything out of the ordinary now that we have an actual season schedule announced and you know roughly what's going to happen and when is it going to be business as usual or are there still adjustments being made given our current pandemic
0: reality i think we're just we're still i don't think all the rounds are confirmed yet but they're on the calendar and uh, i think we're just kind of gonna go with the flow and kind of see see what's going to happen type of thing but I am pretty excited. We're going to we're going to a new track this year. Ridge. It looks like a really cool track. It looks kind of twisty, like Pittsburgh is, through the trees up there in Washington. And I think we're testing there next month. So I'm pretty excited to see how that track is, and uh, just to have another West Coast round. And yeah, and then I think, man, we might be racing till like November it looks the way way. the way the yeah the way the calendar is working so that's gonna be it's gonna be pretty crazy but uh, i remember last year in november i was had my feet up on the beach in in hawaii (laughs) for the first time so (laughs) it might be a little different but i'm just excited we're back racing and if we have to race in november like i'm all for it It is is what it is and it's the same for everybody i'm definitely ready for all this stuff to be done and get back to normal
1: yeah we all are and The hidden silver lining in the cloud, let's say, has been discussed by pundits like myself. And I, of course, work in the motorcycle industry. I'm a a service manager at a multi-line dealership in the Midwest. So we're always talking motorcycles, motorcycle business. It seems like more people are aware of motorcycle racing and motorcycles in general. My dealership has sold out of a lot of things you can't buy a kid's mini bike anywhere in the country that I'm aware of. You can't get one. They're not
0: available. That's how it is here too. Up here in Northern California, I'm super close with Roswell Motorsports, the owner, Sean and my girlfriend's uh, his assistant. She's telling me like they're completely sold out of one tens. There's no, and all this 110 craze is, is kind of coming back they've had some of the best months they've ever had, like the last couple of months. Same here. Crazy with all this stuff happening.
1: We sold more in the month of May than we had ever sold ever. So it was one of the biggest months on record for our dealership. And, and, yeah, we're going to run out of inventory. Sadly, it's, I didn't believe it was possible. It we're a KTM dealer too. And we had those things. We've got mezzanines, we've got them stuffed in the rafters. And every time I go to the rafters, I'm like, there's nothing in the rafters. It's, you know, there's a bike or two. It's empty. It's just really weird that, but great news. Again, I think this is a positive thing for the motorcycle industry. More people on two wheelers means more people want to know about two wheelers and they end up wanting to watch racing, you know, and yay, you guys were the only pro sport of to note that was happening when it happened at Road America and I think you got a lot more
0: coverage for it. Does it feel that way to you guys? Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's uh it was cool cuz not only I mean we were on Fox Sports 2 Saturday and then Fox Sports 1 on Sunday and we led in we led in for the NASCAR race and I think that was really really huge for our sport. I know that the numbers are up huge for moto america this year and and but not only that we we're on Eurosport as well it was pretty cool like some racers that i i grew up racing with over in europe they were kind of giving me give me some shout outs on uh instagram and stuff like that and you could see they're watching the race on Eurosport. and i think that's really really good really really good for uh for racing here in america
1: and for you racers you know it brings up our series and every racer in it and maybe someday opens the door to a ride in Europe to go do something else. You know, if if a rider wants to, like your former teammate Garrett Gerloff, who's now racing World Superbike, or at least we hope we'll be racing World Superbike.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's they uh, I mean, got one race in. I mean, it's a start. <laughs> it, it it is
1: a start. Europe. Uh, yeah, every everywhere's different. Uh, it's just strange times we're living in Cam and it's uh it really does my heart good to know y- you guys are out there racing. I can't wait to come watch you guys live and in person. I'm looking forward to that indie race, indie being back on the calendar. I'm really hoping that gets scheduled or gets nailed down because I really want to go to that one. That's a that's a fun one to attend.
0: I miss that track too. That's uh that's a pretty cool place just to go as a as a racer the track and then just like you get to go eat downtown at night and go watch hopefully the flat track and stuff like that like, that's pretty cool that's a fun weekend for sure
1: yeah indianapolis knows how to uh, i always give them props but the city knows how to hold a race i mean they really yeah, take, they, do. they take it on they make fans and competitors alike feel like they're family i mean it's just that's the vibe that you get everywhere you go in indy so Again, my fingers are crossed that that one goes off without a hitch, and we actually get to go there and hang out and camp and do all the other cool stuff that's fun at racetracks. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to it too. Cam, uh, we're near in the end, and I want to give you a chance to thank any of the people that have been important to you this year, last year, any year. Thank your sponsors, your family, your friends, whoever you want, and we want to say thank you for joining us too on Pit Pass.
0: I mean, there's a long, long list of people that people have helped me along the way. But uh, firstly, Monster Attack Yamaha and, you know, especially Yamaha, they really just brought me in the family back in 2011 I when I signed my contract going into 12 on a 600 and I uh, had a couple injuries there at the beginning and, and they stuck with me. And we've been able to win a lot of championships together and, and do a lot of great you know, amazing, amazing stuff. And I met some, some great people along the way, you know, Rick Hobbs, he just retired at the end of last season. And like I said, we were able to send them off on top with a championship that made me feel really good. I'm going to miss that guy. And obviously my family, my parents and uh, my aunt and uncles and grandparents, all of them, they've they always supported me and, and helped me along the way. And uh, my girlfriend, Shelby, there's a long list of people, Definitely very thankful for for everything I have and and uh, been able to do with twisting the throttle for a living, and hope to keep it going.
1: Thank you again, Cam Bobier, reigning 2019 Moto America Superbike champion, and currently the points leader of same said series. Cam, we wish you the best, and I can't wait to see you at the track, man. That was quite a show you put on at Road America, and look forward to the next one.
0: All right, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: This week's Pit Pass trivia question was Our sponsor, Moto America, features five classes of road racing. Can you name all five classes? And the answer is you got the Superbike class. Cam Beaubier is the reigning champ, and we just got done talking to him. You have the Stock 1000 class, which is a slightly less performance, uh, lower performance 1000, but very much the same bikes. Super Sport, which is your 600 class. You have the Twins class which is twins cup those are sv650s and mt07s and the like and then you have the liquamali junior cup which covers a range of bikes for most of the manufacturers ninja 400s yamaha r3s ktm 390s those are all eligible bikes in the class uh cbr things of that nature that's for the younger guys those are the five classes so if you knew all of them congrats to you In upcoming news, of course, we have the remaining four rounds of the Supercross season. Can't wait to see who comes out on top. It's Tomac right now, but four races leaves plenty of points on the table. Additionally, in upcoming news, I want to remind everyone that three years ago, right about now, at the Baja 500, a little team from Iowa, sponsored and led by Bart Hicklin and Billy Mallory of Mallory Law, took a Yamaha 450 motorcycle to the Baja 500 race with an Iowa-born rider, Tony Wink out of Winterset, former host of Pit Pass Moto. We went down there and we railed it. A five-rider team, quite a large group of us. We won the Pro 30 class of the Baja 500 three years ago now. Shout out to the race winner, Tony Wink. You're the man. Still, shout out to my boss. And Friends, Bart Hicklin and Billy Mallory for putting it all together and taking me along for the ride. I had a blast, and it was so cool. I would have never thought we would win, and we did. Uh, it was an epic event, and that segues nicely into the Baja 500, which should be going on historically right about now. has been rescheduled like so many other races. It is now scheduled to be held July 14th through the 19th, down in Ensenada, California. That's where the starting line is anyway. The Baja 500, July 14th through 19th. The other two races in that SCORE Baja series, of course, are the San Felipe 250, which has been rescheduled to September 22 through 27. That is the San Felipe 250. And then the granddaddy of them all, the Baja 1,000 mile race is now going to be held November 17th through November 22. So if you've never been to one, never seen one, maybe you want to compete in one, get down there. Go check it out. The Baja Peninsula is absolutely gorgeous. Mexico is a wonderful place to spend any day if you ask me, and you can see some really fast dudes getting it out in the desert. So go check that out or check it out online. They've got some great coverage, and there's a lot of great videos from years past, some of the Some of the racers that have won this deal are just no less than legends. Uh, And Tony Wink is now amongst them. We want to thank again our guest, Cam Beaubier, for joining us today. Double race winner from Road America and reigning superbike champ. It's a good day to be Cam Beaubier right now. And I also want to thank you personally for listening to us today. It's really been a pleasure talking to you about motorcycles. It's what we love here at Pit Pass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. And if you have a moment, please take it and rate and review our performance. We really appreciate it. That lets us know we're doing what you want us to do. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well as pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our all-new blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, our producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ Doran. We'll see you next week. Keep the rubber side down.